This episode has strong language that's not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The flow is in the pocket like wallets. I got the bounce like hydraulics. I can't call it. I got the swerve like I'll go fuck that. Fear, get the money, shooting dice, what they hitting for. Hook us out to selling pussy. Money trade for intercourse. Every corner, liquor store. Laundromat, liquor store. Laundromat, liquor store. EBT accepted more. Church across the motels. Lord knows pussy sales. Church across the motels. Lord knows pussy sales. Domino's, Pizza Hut's. Coke 45 cans. The old heads drunk enough. Dollar half the dollar on lottery. That shit be adding up. Skittles from Vietnam. Better yet, the drug era, they used to be a ball player. See, I think's evolved later. Four locos for the young locos. Nick's cashing my check for white tees. Don't fuck with Melrose. Just me- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Fabbington Reds Musicology in the Carolina Kid Podcast Network, where music nerdery is served with a side of ratchet. I'm your host, Dad Boy Coot. This episode is brought to you by Toe Jam and Pussy Bacon. Subscribe to the Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired and its other spawn. Anywhere podcasts are downloaded. Following the Rod and Karen Doctor. Leave a nice five-star review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I'll read it on the show. Also, leave me a voice message and donate on anchor.fm slash datboycoot. That's anchor.fm slash D-A-T-B-O-Y-C-O-O-T. What's up, niggas? So it is a wonderful, wonderful treat that I have for y'all. A man that... I have listened to and saw his journey through at least a decade. Quincy Hanley, better known as Schoolboy Q, is the person we'll be talking about today. This is a spotlight episode, so we're not just doing an album. We're talking about this person not only as an artist, but everything else outside of that. Why they've gotten here and and the things that they've encountered in between. Because it's not just about the music. It's about the person behind the music. So let's get started on a little bit of Quincy's bio, right? So, let, let, let's, you know, I'm going to be pulling from everywhere, right? I'm going to be pulling from the fucking, I'm, I'm going to be pulling from fucking Wikipedia. It, it's going to be everywhere, right? Because all the information I have to gather is not just going to be from one, one source. Reading just one little piece of a blurb, you know, it doesn't make sense. So. Let's get started. Quincy Matthew Hanley was born October 26th, 1986, on a United States Army Air Base in Weisbaden, West Germany, to an African-American mother and a Honduran-American father. I bet y'all niggas didn't know that. That nigga's half Honduran. <laughs> niggas half Honduran. He's Afro-Honduran. Um, his parents divorced before he was born, and his mother gave him a surname different from those of either of his parents. Choosing one at random. So his last name is neither of his parents' last name. Crazy. His father remained in the army while Hanley and his mother moved to Texas for a couple years before settling in South Central Los Angeles on 51st Street, neighboring Figueroa and Hoover Street. And if you know anything about Schoolboy Q, you know where that's going to go. <laughs> so Hanley played American football from the age of six until he was 21. And he played receiver, cornerback, tailback, 
and returner. He attended John Muir Middle School. You may also know <laughs> about that as well. That made foreshadowing. Um, after graduating Crenshaw High School, Hanley went on to attend Glendale Community College, Los Angeles City College, Los Angeles Southwest College, and West Los, <laughs> Los Angeles College. This nigga was all at all the colleges. <laughs> he was collegeing it up. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to do the city college, nigga. <laughs> nah, but uh, growing up on Hoover Street, Hanley joined the 52 Hoover Gangster Crips. I was gangbanging at 12. I was a Hoover Crip. My homies were doing it, and I wanted to do it. I can't really explain that. I didn't get into it with another hood or anything like that. I was just following the leader. Before turning to music, Hanley became a drug dealer, selling Oxycontin for a short time, crack cocaine, and marijuana as well. In 2007, he was arrested for a home, inva <laughs> a home invasion and sent to jail for six months, half of which he finished on house arrest. Yeah. So this nigga... <laughs> Hey, Q, Q was outside, dog. Q, Q, that nigga was outside, bro. <laughs> he, you thought Q won't gonna do nothing to nobody. You know, you thought this, oh, he ain't really no, no, this nigga was a gangster for real. He was a, he was a real ass gangster. Like, when I'm finding out shit about, like, Spready Gibbs, you know, <laughs> he, he was a nigga that was also in the military, but he was also, like, a person <laughs> who, his, past has been questionable and you're like i don't know if this i don't know if this really adds up schoolboy q it has been a part of his life it's been part of his blood but he a crip but <laughs> it's been part of him right and he's never like fake the funk or anything it's just how he is right a lot of them want to get out of that lifestyle a lot of the ones that are in, that have been in that shit they want to get out of there Quincy Hanley, from 2006 to 2009, this is the beginning of his career. This is where he kind of starts getting into music. Hanley has said he wrote his first verse when he was 16, but was not serious about music until he was 21. Music became his way of expressing himself. In 2006, he began to work with Top Dog Entertainment, TDE, a Carson-based independent record label, recording at their studio, House of Pain, and collaborating with their artists. So, his first time at TDE Studio, Hanley worked with his soon-to-be-black hippie cohorts, J-Rock and Absol. This eventually led to Hanley signing a record contract with TDE. On July 29th, 2008, Hanley released his first mixtape, titled Schoolboy Turn Hustler, with GED Incorporated. <laughs> So, if you realize, like, on his neck, um, Schoolboy Q actually has the GED Incorporated 
tattooed on his neck. Um, and another sidebar, the reason why they called him Schoolboy is because Schoolboy Q had really good grades in high school, but he was actually <laughs> he was actually out here gangbanging. Like he was still gangbanging with good grades and shit. Like. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like y'all niggas be thinking about stereotypes. Like this nigga don't want to ever go to school or nothing. Cut. Like. <laughs> By the way, I am not a crip. Okay, I am. He don't ever want to go to school or nothing. Bro. <laughs> like he had a like three point five GPA. Like he had a three point or something. Like he had a really good GPA while he was in high school. Like, but he was still gangbanging and selling drugs. Like, like that's just how schoolboy was. Ah, but that's where he got the name from. So, um, this eventually led to, um, Schoolboy Q, you know, launching a career with West Coast rapper Tyga, with whom Schoolboy worked with early in their retrospect or in their respective careers. Um, after the release of Schoolboy Turned Hustler, he signed a deal with Top Dog in 2009, TDE. If you're not familiar, Top Dog, it's Kendrick Lamar, you know, that's SZA. <laughs> You know, as I say, Rashad, that's, that's, uh, Absol, that's J-Rock, you know, that's, that's Black Hippie, that's, that's all them niggas, right? But, you know, I, I if you don't know, then, <laughs> Under Rock, maybe? I don't know. Um, so, he later formed Black Hippie. He was the one who coined the term Black Hippie. With fellow label mates, frequent collaborators, Kendrick Lamar, J-Rock, and Absol, which, as of now, Kendrick Lamar's departure from TDE, the remaining three are now J-Rock, Absol, and Schoolboy Q, who we had a big question to mark about. But I, I, I'll, I'll talk about that later at length. Um, so in 2009, Hanley was involved in a short-lived rivalry with West Coast rapper 40 Glock. Hanley released a diss track titled Ezel, 40 Glock Killer, <laughs> where he questions 40 Glock's gangbanging. So... Hanley later stated in the video after as to why they were beefing, he made some false statements about my boy Tiger. That's my little brother. I don't know how that nigga fuck with Tiger, but <laughs> you know, this is a different era. It was LA, you know, it's a different time. Like, if y'all ever heard Kendrick, like, first shit, like the beginning of <laughs> Woo! Bishop in the club <laughs> with the homies. <laughs> If you ever go back, go listen to Bitch, I'm in the Club right now. You pause this right now and you go listen to Bitch, I'm in the Club by Kendrick Lamar. You will get everything that I'm saying right now. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> Hell, Michael Jordan even was like 10 million steps above fucking Bitch, I'm in the Club. But Bitch, I'm in the Club is like one of them like really good bad songs where you're like, yeah, this is the worst song by Kendrick, but it's still a really like... <laughs> It's it's a it's it's an okay song. Like it's like yeah. Did you ever make a bad song? And this is the one that Kendrick pulls out of his ass. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, Hanley released Gangsta and Soul, which was his second mixtape on May 14, thousand nine, which included the aforementioned diss track, of course, about Forty Glock. <clears throat> the mixtape was his first official project with Top Dog, which presented the mixtape alongside GED Incorporated. Now, this is where we get into where most people know Schoolboy Q for Schoolboy Q. Um, it is about 2010 to about 2012. This is the independent album era. This is where we get classic albums like Setbacks. You know, 2011, 
2010. So he didn't release a project in 2010, but he was basically like working and working. And then January 11th, that nigga pop out with setbacks. Bet I got some weed. Bet I got some weed. If you don't know anything, bet I got some weed. You know, figure the money. Yeah, figure the money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, druggies with hoes. You know, um, to the beat, beat, beat. You know, all these songs. Like, setbacks to me was a great introduction. Like, if you need to listen to Schoolboy Q and get the essence of what Schoolboy Q was in his in, at the beginning of his prime, setbacks. Setbacks all day. Setbacks all day. Setbacks might be my favorite Schoolboy Q album. If not, it's like really close. But it's really raw still. And it's something about it. I just can't I can't put my finger on it. But it's like it's still like one of my favorites. So with that being said, <laughs> in, in in this era, you know, he finally was able to get some acclaim here. Right? The album reached number 100 on the US billboard 200 charts this is setbacks right selling close to a thousand digital copies in his first abbreviated week two weeks after the album's release hanley took to twitter and gave the album away for free and this is in the era of mixtapes so this is this is when mixtapes were just albums and niggas were just giving them away for free right so this there was an era and, and some niggas that just will not they probably won't they probably don't remember this they're probably so young but there was an era in hip-hop in the early 2010s. Niggas was just giving away albums for free. Like, albums for free. They would sit there and tour off the album for free. Because album sales were so hard to come by. Nobody was buying CDs anymore, right? Digital album sales were harder to come by because niggas ain't, niggas ain't want to pay for it on iTunes. So, Top Dog had, like, a really good technique where they would, like, charge less for their albums Instead of charging $9.99 for an album, they would charge maybe like $5.99 or $6.99 for an album. And $6.99, $7.99 sometimes. And that was the strategy to me that I think that led to them really being successful with all members of Black Hippie in the beginning, right? So, yeah. Schoolboy still let that album be a Lucy, right? People, People just hear that shit for free. But setbacks really propel schoolboy q into the spotlight and allow him to earn a large internet following uh hanley headlined his first show on march 11th 2011 at the key club in west hollywood in march 2011 hanley was arrested at the 2011 south by southwest music festival and explained that he was ultimately jailed because he had weed <laughs> i mean if y'all know anything, bet I got some weed. <laughs> That's when your song works against you, nigga. <laughs> it only makes sense for Schoolboy Q. Bet I got some weed. <laughs> but 2012 is where it gets really real to me. And I'm like, okay, I'm a big, huge, ridiculous fan of Schoolboy Q now. So, Habits of Contradictions was released in 2012 through iTunes with only a few hard copies being sold and signed by Schoolboy Q himself in LA in early in the early hours of release. The album moved up to iTunes top 10 albums chart and stayed over within days after the release. The album debuted at 111, number 111 on the US Billboard charts. And this is US Billboard 200 charts. 
with first week sales of 3,900 copies in the US. With only two days at retail, the Top Dog Entertainment release scanned nearly 4,000 units to crack the top 100 without any marketing or advertising. And that, that's kind of how Top Dog was able to do that slow build for a lot of those like really dope acts, right? So schoolboy guys like Schoolboy, like he was eating, but he was eating in a different way, right? It wasn't like this, oh, overnight you're successful, overnight you're famous. Like, no, like Schoolboy was able to build his sound and, and, and a following slowly. So like he had bops like like this. Life for me is just weed and bros. You know how I'm you when your name is Or he had shit like, man, he had, he had shit like this. Or this. Like I could go all day with this album. This this album is still one of my favorite Schoolboy Q albums. I think Habits and Contradictions might be my favorite Schoolboy Q album. That is between that and Setbacks. And honestly, that's not a slight to anything that came after it. But it's a rawness there. It's it's a I don't give a fuck and I'm hungry there, right? Like I think at this point, I think Schoolboy was still selling Oxy. Like I think he was still selling Oxy on this album. It, there's an edge to it that that you know it, it, it's 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 raw right but happens of contradictions Woof. it was the album that debuted on the top r&b and hip-hop albums at number 25 and top rap albums at number 16 so he, he was doing he was doing good here you know top dog closed a joint venture deal with interscope records and aftermath entertainment marking the end of him being an independent artist at this point. So by April 3rd, 2012, he released Hands on the Wheel as an artist under Interscope. And the rest is history with that album. So we get to the Oxymoron era. The Oxymoron era is interesting because this is where we start to get rid of the divide between major label debuts and actual first debut album. So this is Schoolboy Q's debut. This is his debut album. 
And this is where we're like, okay, he's not playing anymore. <laughs> and he, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, this is his album. This this is his album album, you know, <laughs> where he's going to give you everything. Especially with shit like this. Hello? Hello? Fat rap. My daddy a gangster. Or he be giving you like some really grimy ass shit like this. Work, fuck Labor Day. Just bought a gun, fuck punching in. Throwing rocks, no hopscotch. Bet my nine milli hit the right spot. And don't even get me started on Studio. Studio was the song that really pushed him over the top. That's the song that did really well. It was with BJ the Chicago Kid, a frequent collaborator at the time, right? That's the song that really changed things. And hey, from September to November. He appeared alongside Danny Brown and ASAP Mob as supporting acts for ASAP Rocky's 40-day National Long Live Love Ace or Long Live ASAP tour. Right, so he toured with Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller, Kendrick Lamar on the Under the Influence tour. Um, in in November 2012, he expressed Kendrick Lamar left me no choice but to drop a classic album, referring to <laughs> Good Kid, Mad City. You know, um, Schoolboy was really on a roll. At this point, he, he was really like, like niggas was probably going back in their catalog. It was like, I need to go listen to everything he has now because his shit was just amazing. Right. I mean, th there's songs to me that that do that do something else. And like songs, Collard Greens actually is one of the more streamed songs up here and studio has half as many streams up here. But. Songs I be liking is like this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but this album was his like album. He went platinum. This nigga went platinum, okay? And Schoolboy Q became more of a household name. Um, so here's where things get very interesting. This is the Blank Face era. So Blank Face era, whew, 2015 to 2016. I love the Blank Face LP. It's actually one of my favorite albums from Schoolboy Q. It is an amazing album. But for some reason, the sales weren't there for the album for, for some reason. I don't understand because it was so raw. John Weir to me is one of my favorite songs off. Honestly, one of my favorite Schoolboy Q songs. Right. And so I'm like, what? <laughs> so on April 5th, 2016, Schoolboy released the title single Groovy Q or Groovy Tony. Right. Groovy Tony is fucking hard. I mean, hard. Dirty, grimy, like dark, 
right? But May 13th, he followed up with a single with Kanye West called That Part, which everybody knows fucking love that song. That part, niggas still say that to this day. Like, it became part of the lexicon of black, black lexicon. <laughs> still, to this day. But, um, Blank Face LP was a really raw, dirty, grimy-ass album that I think people really didn't, they didn't connect with it like I think they should have. And I love the album, right? From top to bottom, backwards, forwards, sideways, upside down. That album has really good moments on it. And so I'm sitting here thinking, like, what's wrong with y'all niggas? You know, Dope Dealer, <laughs> fucking Black Thoughts, fucking John Weir, fucking Groovy Tony, that part. Know You're Wrong with another Alchemist joint because he, he worked with the Alchemist. So, you know, I played my homie, right? So my homie, that's the Alchemist. Break the Bank, that's the Alchemist. And then... Shit like this. Huh. Like, hey. no, you're wrong. Oh, you are. Hey, no, you're wrong. Oh, like, tell me y'all, like, <laughs> big body fucking with dog pound dope dealer was funny because of e40's verse like i love <laughs> like that is amazing but tookie 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 knows part two because tookie knows was like a skit on um what not on oxymoron but on habits of contradictions and tookie knows part two is even dirtier with traffic and tf which are like niggas that he know from the hood like it was grimy as shit. It was a dark and dirty album from Q. And I really thought that, like, John Weir took you on a journey sonically. It just, I don't know. It didn't connect with people. So, yeah, for a little while, that nigga was gone. <laughs> that nigga was gone for a little bit. <laughs> but then 2019 came, finally. And Crash Talk was released. So I'm going to be very honest with you. Crash Talk was his weakest album. Was it a bad album? No. I'm just saying it's the weakest album from him. Because I think he got to the point where it was wearing thin on him. And he did he, he, he kind of really just didn't feel like rapping anymore, honestly. And you can tell that he was like, eh, I'm a different person now. Like, I don't do the shit that I used to do, you know. I'm a different person, so I'll give you some of the some elements of everything, right? I'll give you elements of uh, blank face. I'll give you elements of habits of contradictions, and then I'll give you different sides of me as well because I've grown out of this. I'm no longer this person, and that's where we start to notice that Schoolboy Q um, has something that he hadn't told. Or said anything about, right? It's something that's very private. And I think, nigga, you got the right to privacy, bro. But, you know, like, let's just say Mac Miller had passed in this period of time. And there are only two people I can think of. There's more, there's more than two. But there are two people that I can think of that are, like, extremely close to Mac. That were extremely close to Mac Miller that I know, like, were extremely affected. 
I know they were. It's like, I just know because I either knew how they interacted with each other or I knew that I discovered them through Mac Miller. So, Schoolboy Q is one of those people, but Vince Staples was another because if you ever... If you ever listen to Hell Can Wait, that's the that's my introduction to Vince Staples. Hell Can Wait was the first time I ever listened to Vince Staples. Guess who produced that? Larry Fisherman. Who's Larry Fisherman? Mac Miller. They were close too. But Schoolboy, you can see so many things that they've done together. And it hurts him. It just Yeah, just listen to this clip from the interview, man. Now you pushed uh, Crash Talk back last year because of the passing of the good brother, Mac Miller, and you've not spoken on it publicly at all. Did, did you push it back because you were grieving? Yeah, I mean, the album was supposed to be out in November, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that Mac shit, bro. To this day, I just don't, I don't understand how I can't call my nigga no more, like. Uh, and it's a soul, like, losing a friend to gangbanging is way different from losing a friend that's, like, an innocent little, like, little kid that's just super pure. Like. Explain that, because you've dealt, I'm sure you've dealt with you that before, Matt. You expect yeah. it. Okay. You expect okay. it. Actually, the other thing is, it comes with it. But this was, like, like. You remember your last conversation with him? Yeah, bro, it was on FaceTime. It was in the studio, man, like, um. It was crazy. I played him crash talk before he passed. Played him crash talk before he passed. Man. Over the FaceTime? Nah, he came to the okay, studio. Okay, okay. But this is the last time I talked to him. It was on FaceTime. Mm -hmm. He was shooting a video and, and he was talking and he was acting weird. And I'm just like, what's up with you, bro? Like, he like, um, <laughs> he like, who do I got to call to make sure I can get you in this video? I'm like, back, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you mean you ain't gotta call nobody like nigga like do i need to keep like do i need to call keem or uh like who do i need to call what you miss most about matt just him all right man that's my nigga bro i got memories with that nigga bro like i can never write a song yeah did you give you a chance did you give you your did you give you yourself a chance to grieve Put that in the thing now, man. That's so, up to you. I get it. I don't want to um, look like I'm like exploiting the situation. Man, you ain't exploiting nothing. I'm, like, crying and shit. Let me bro. tell you what I respect about you. You haven't even spoken about this situation, not even on social media. I saw when you flipped out on everybody because you was like, man, I grieve in real life. Damn, bro. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> You talk about damn, it's your, it's your feelings, man. That's real shit. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm bounced back. Come on, man. You sure? Yeah, 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 I'm bounced back. Okay. And it ain't about bouncing back either. Damn. You expressing yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. We need yeah, to do yeah, more yeah. of that, as, as, especially men. God damn. What made you decide you wanted to get... 
Alright, so they were going to get into another um, thing that Schoolboy Q was dealing with. I wanted to kind of cut it off before I got any further. But, um, yeah, um, he had an interview with Zane Lowe. And, you know, in 2020, he actually collaborated with the Gorillas on a song called Pac-Man, which was um, in the fifth episode of the BAM's web series called Song Machine. So uh, it, was, it is in honor of Pac- as actually in honor of Pac-Man, but um, yeah, like it just ah uh, right now that let me understand kind of mentally where Schoolboy Q was, what kind of state he was in, and and why he didn't want to create. Like one of your best friends, your homie is gone, bro. And it ain't even due to drug, like, drug, okay, it ain't due to gun violence, right? It's due to other things. Like, he, he, like he said, he was like a pure, innocent kid, you know? And it just didn't make sense to him why he's gone, right? Um, But yeah, like, if you knew Schoolboy Q, that was one of his best friends. And if, and if you could, if you were a fan of Schoolboy Q, you understood that as well. But there's other things that Schoolboy Q had dealt with on top of just like Mac Miller's death, you know. Um, Schoolboy Q has like a serious, he, he had a serious self-assessment that dealt with lean. He was addicted to lean earlier on in his career, like crazy addicted. And this is when Schoolboy Q was like, he was getting kind of chunky, all right? He was getting kind of chunky. Schoolboy Q started off, like, real skinny. If you go back to setbacks, Schoolboy Q was a skinny nigga that smoked weed, right? You get to Habits and Contradictions, he was like, this nigga a little big now. Then you get to, like, you know, <laughs> oxymoron, and you're like, yeah, this nigga, this nigga a little chunky. You know, you look at the man of the year video, yeah, you're like, this nigga is chunky. <laughs> you know, who, who won with the fat boy? If you know that line, then you a real nigga. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, like, you could tell that he was, like, real slow, slurred in speech and kind of, you know, slumped over anything. And, like, honestly, his rhyme was the same. The whole, like, this nigga was rapping his ass off regardless. It didn't, the drugs ain't really change, you know, how dope he was or anything. Like, he was affected, clearly, by lean. And there's 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 a few rappers that, you know, they'll, they'll be like, oh, yeah. So I was on lean for dot, dot, dot. And I just quit. And one person that I know for sure, the most important, not oh, not the most important, but the most well-known person that I knew that did that was definitely Schoolboy Q. And it was hard for him to like stop. He just it was just doing a lot to him. Like it was debilitating. Right. He wasn't able to function like he like he needed to. So. Kicking that addiction was very important in his life. And he found other things that make him happy. Like golf. Yeah. I'm talking about golf. Schoolboy Q on golf changing his life. Courtesy of XXL Magazine. So this is part of that interview that he had with PGA. Right? So coming from where I'm from. The life that I had, I never thought about playing golf, right? And I got into it. It changed my mental. It let me learn myself as a person. 
Like, this is why certain things in my life are going bad or certain things are going good because of the attitude thing. You get what I'm saying? It fixed my attitude in life. It fixed a whole lot of things about me in life. Life is golf game. Like, life is a golf game. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, some good shots, some bad shots, but most importantly, keep going because you never know. Don't give up because you in the sand on your fourth shot, you might chip it in. It just taught me a lot about life. You feel me? Yeah. That's dope. So, being a person who played golf um, before as well. Black person who played golf because ain't a lot of us out there. Um, my sister um, was very involved in golf um, in high school. Um, and I played alongside her with my dad. You know, it's 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 a different type of game and it, it gets you in a different mind state. And it seemed to work wonders with Q because Q is actually a really good golfer. Like, he was playing at the PGA Pro-Am. <laughs> what? A lot of the guys that play at the Pro-Am are actually, like, some of the best celebrity golfers you'll ever see, right? Um, but it's interesting how something like golf has changed, you know, what Schoolboy Q's outlook on life is. And it really puts into perspective, you can pretty much find anything that you like, and it doesn't always have to be music. And it doesn't always have to be turned into drugs. It, it can be anything. If you like anything and, and you can apply it to something that gives you like peace, calm, therapy. It's unparalleled. Oh, and by the time of this recording, um, Schoolboy Q has a new album coming very soon. Um, it's being mixed right now. Courtesy of the Back on Fig podcast. It was said that his album is dropping on twitter so it was said there on twitter that his album will be dropping soon so new q really excited like to see you know the changes of q throughout his life and that's what's awesome right like he's just a golfing soccer dad right now right like i didn't talk about joy right <laughs> joy is all over his albums you know he wanted to be a father he wanted to be a dad he wanted to be more than just like a rapper right he wanted to be a person that could be there to provide so now he has two kids <laughs> he had a kid in 2019 as well so he has two children he wants to be a father first and 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 rapping had to be something that he really wanted to get back into so it's cool to hear that he got a new album coming out and um yeah that's really been the episode y'all um cue my guy cue my guy so um it's like at one point i was like man <laughs> He was like my favorite rapper at one point. It's like, I love Kendrick, but Q had a different way about him, dog. <laughs> he had a different way about him. Um, so that has been a quick, quick musicology of Schoolboy Q, Quincy Hanley, Groovy Q himself. <laughs> if y'all want to listen to more episodes like this, stay tuned to the Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired. Support black businesses. And as always... Thank you. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.
Buenas noches.